Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in K-State, hosted by Reggie Blackwell and Joe Matthew. What went wrong against Oklahoma State, and can the Wildcats turn it around against Texas Tech this Saturday? Reggie and I discuss, but first a message from our sponsor. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, E-L-E-A-V. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Joe. Well, Oklahoma State Cowboys Friday night. Auspicious. We knew it would be different. Blackout. Every other thing you could think of. And Kansas State lays its biggest egg in the climbing air and lose mm-hmm. 29 and 21. Uh, I just thought, and I'm going to use this word a little harshly, I thought Kansas State played like trash. Mm-hmm. They just didn't play well. Uh, I think Chris Kleiman said it in his press conference. I'm sure all those guys had some heart-to-heart talks, meetings on that Saturday. Something immediately has to change because that's not the Kansas State football team that we're accustomed to seeing. No, you're right about that, and I think things are going to change. Chris Kleiman stated as much in his press conference that he, well, and right after the game and in the one this week, uh, he's not happy with himself. He's not happy with the assistant coaches for, you know, not putting the players in the right positions, and he's upset with some of the play on the field from the players. So I've never heard him call out the assistant coaches quite like that. Have you? No, I've not. That was a little bit out of his character. Now, he did come back and support uh, Colin Klein uh, very emphatically this week mm-hmm. in the support of uh, Howard and the quarterback situation because, as you know, everybody's screaming for number five, Avery Johnson, to get on yeah. the field. But I think what Kleiman is miscon- kind of kind of looking at that a little different. I don't think the Kansas State majority of the fan base is saying, okay, let's scrap Howard and go to Avery. I think in that particular game, it was just, let's just get something different because he was just off his game. Exactly my point is what I said, both during the game and after I wrote about this, is you remember when Michael Bishop was quarterback and I think the game was even Texas Tech. And he was having a horrible game. And Bill Snyder pulled Michael Bishop or Beasley. Right. 
And Beasley came in and did well, did his job. But it was just, I mean, Michael Bishop's still a Hall of Famer. Right. He still started the next week. <laughs> right. He wasn't pulled permanently. He was having a bad game. And I got to thinking about that. Football has changed a little bit in that respect because it used to be back then coaches would pull the starting quarterback. They were having a bad game. And the fans didn't really think much about it. It wasn't like it wasn't hardly ever a permanent move. And it I was think just it, to get a, a like you said a change in there. Maybe the backup can do some things and give a spark or whatever. It wasn't like seen as a permanent change. And I think CK and uh, Coach Kleiman probably was thinking about Howard's mental state or how he can handle it. Right. Michael Bishop was strong enough and confident enough that he was a starter. He was the man. Okay, you taking me out. He wasn't happy about it, but yeah. he didn't go into it. He didn't go into a tank. Right. Like you said, he bounced back. But I think these players today, uh, very candidly, Joe, are a little bit more sensitive. Mm -hmm. And their mental psyche is not strong enough to be able to handle a move like that where everybody's just saying, look, we need a change of direction. Mm -hmm. We need something else to happen. You, It's not your day. Yeah. And Kleiman was asked yesterday, actually, if he the reason he didn't put in Avery was because he's trying to save his red shirt, and he said it wasn't because of that. So I don't know if he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he would ever lie about that. He hasn't lied in the past. So no, I think that, that just right. makes it perplexing to me why he wouldn't have made that change. Will Howard was horrible in the game. I mean, I like the kid. He's done great things. Took K-State to a Big 12 championship last year. He played great. He was horrible in the game. 15 of 34 passing, one touchdown, three interceptions. And one of the interceptions wasn't his fault, which I think we're going to end up talking about. Right. But his accuracy was off. All right. night. He wasn't he wasn't coming close on his passes. That's the key word you just said, um, Joe. You hit it on the head. His accuracy was not on target. And he was throwing fastballs when he didn't have to throw fastballs. Right. So he his whole demeanor and his whole mojo, his game, it's like it's like the whole game speeded up for him again. It's mm -hmm. like he went back two years ago when he went into Oklahoma State for the first time and everything was just going 100 miles an hour. Right. And I, and I just think that is just a part of I, – I agree with Coach. Coach Kleiman is that the coaches do have to prepare the kids for that environment. I really think that they was not prepared for that Oklahoma State environment, Joe. Let me tell you, been playing down there, played down there a couple times, and it hasn't changed since I played down there 30-plus years ago. The fans are right on top of you. Mm -hmm. They never stop. Now, when they're so close, the loud, the noise is just more, it's, it's, you, you can hear it more. Right. I mean, you can hear a guy's conversation in the stands. Yeah. And, you, and you're on the bench. So I just think the emotion, the Friday night, the combination with Oklahoma State being 
um, desperate for a win, desperate to get a Big 12 win, and a combination of Kansas State just going in there thinking Oklahoma State was going to roll over created the disaster that we witnessed on national TV. Right. You know, I, I look at this loss and, and it affects us a little stronger because we had the whole nation attention for three hours last Friday. Mm -hmm. Well, we could have really made a, a, a statement and recruiting all this matters. Yeah. I think we probably going to lose the linebacker from Junction City because of the of what Oklahoma then did this last couple of weeks and what we did. I really do think it comes down to that. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you're wrong too, but yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, I can't remember the exact quote, but Will Howard even said something strange after the game about how they kind of were overlooking Oklahoma State and they were – you know, overconfident. He didn't use the word overconfident, but what he right. said was, yeah, we were feeling good about ourselves, you know, coming into yeah. this. Yeah, I think what he alluded to and what he's really trying to say is, is they bounced back from a tough loss against Missouri and beat UCF. The score was a little bit more misleading than what the actual game was. The game was a little closer. Probably, as it looking back on it, not a great UCF team. Right. An okay UCF team. A team that Kansas handled very comfortably at home. So I think a combination of that, what Howard was saying, was that they was feeling good. They just thought that they would just slide back into their rhythm and they would just go through the motions and win a road game. And that's not happening. Mm -hmm. Kansas State is not good enough to where we can just go through the motion and still win a ball game. Right. Not against a Big 12 team. No. You can maybe against an FCS type team, but not against a Big 12 team. No. We have to play well. We have to be extraordinary disciplined. We cannot create turnovers. We can't give up extra possessions. And we got to create turnovers for us to win the game. That's our formula. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. So I uh, I have a couple notes about the game. and I yep. mean, we went in over in general about the team not playing well. But you also mentioned at the beginning that we had a chance to win the game there at the end. <laughs> we were only, we only lost by eight points, and we had a chance right. to go in for a touchdown, two-point two conversion. Two times, two possessions. Yeah, two possessions, right. So we mentioned Will Howard you know, just didn't play well at all. I really wanted to see Avery Johnson in the game, as did probably a lot of other people. I think he would have just provided a spark, and, you know, who knows how the game would have gone if he would have been in there. And it's another thing that was perplexing to me about that is Climate has put Avery in, like in the Missouri game. He came in and played quite a bit just as a, you know, wildcat quarterback running the ball. Correct. And we have we didn't even see him in this game at all. We haven't saw him in the last two games. And right. So I have a question about that. I don't know why that is, but Climate really didn't have an answer for it. He, he said, you know, he wanted to and I think it goes back to what you said about they don't want to affect Will Howard's psyche. <laughs> they don't want to pull I, him from I, a I, game. I really think that's it. Look, yeah. I think 
I think Avery Johnson, there's a package for him every week. Mm -hmm. It's just like when you have plays that you don't use, I think there's a package for him. And I think it was ready to go at the UCF game. It was ready to go at the Missouri game. They used it a little bit. And I think it was ready to go last week. But I think the way the game went and with the struggles of Will Howard and them trying to get back in the game, they thought they needed to kind of just stay with Will, A, because it's, you know, his ability to be able to maybe throw the ball, being in that environment more experienced than Avery, not putting Avery in an adverse situation right out of the bat, Oklahoma State down by a couple touchdowns, you know, not trying to put him in that environment. And then B, I think getting Will an opportunity, you know, to be that hero, to be able to bounce back within the game. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, but and, I, I, I agree with you. I would have liked to see Avery for a series or two. Right. We still know who our starter is and, and, and went from there. Yeah. In general, I think the defense played all right in this game. They only really gave up the one touchdown, and that was on that first drive where you Correct. and I talked about that uh, the plays for Oklahoma State were scripted for Bowman. You could tell every single one of those plays on their first drive was scripted. They went right down the field and that scored a touchdown, and that's really – I mean, they were successful on other drives, but they never got into the end zone again. No, five field goals. So you're right. Yeah. That's pretty good. And then, you know, we're down to our second team cornerbacks, which mm -hmm. our first teams are new within themselves. So that's a little bit of struggle. But let me piggyback my biggest star, too, that I have on my note sheet here, um, Joe, is the, back to the offense, is the receivers can't get off press coverage. Mm -hmm. They can't get yeah. off press coverage. I went back and watched the game again. They cannot get open. Yeah. So I do agree with Coach Kleiman in the fact that Will's struggles is part of the team. A, he's getting pressured more, so the line has to hold up. B, we're not getting open. Right. The receivers are not getting open. Yeah, it's a combination making, of things for sure. Yeah, they're making every cornerback's every week look like they're all American and all these cornerbacks are not that great. Right. We've got to be able to beat man coverage, get off the line, use better technique, fight, get up and do something better because this is, this is horrific. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. We could be talking about this every week from now to the end of the season. I don't know. Yeah. If it doesn't get corrected, yeah. the next answer is you got to go a different personnel. Right. I mean, if it's going to be the same result, at least I'll let it lose with the younger guy. Mm -hmm. And that's even indicative of, to, to Brooks, too. Right. Brooks, Brooks, a six-year senior, he made some of the most boneheaded plays that I've seen him make since he's been here. I know. Yeah, and that's that gets to my point. I'm going to ask you your opinion on a couple things during the game. So if you were the coach... So K-State has the ball uh, right before halftime. It's only a minute or so left in the half. And as bad as K-State has played, they're only down six points. But they have the ball on their own 25-yard line. Instead of just playing 
more conservative to get it into the half down six, but try to move the ball down the field. Will Howard throws that pick six, and all of a sudden it's a two-touchdown game or two-score game instead of only going in half down six. Dramatic change. Now, that interception, I don't know whose fault it was. Howard threw the ball to a spot. Phillip Brooks cut inside instead of outside. Right. Well, somebody was off. Somebody was not – they didn't communicate well. But I guess my question for you is – were you all right with being that aggressive? I was okay with being that aggressive. But here's my butt to that. I would have pulled Will Howard over to the sideline before that draft started because he already had it as Will. You cannot turn the ball over. Now, we don't know what happened on the Brooks um, deal. So my play calling may have been a little bit more conservative then it might have been run, and it might have been some real easy dump-off passes, see what we got, because at the end of the day, if I come out of there with a field goal, I'm only down by three. Yeah. So so my suggestion is, yes, I still would have been as aggressive, but I might have been a little bit more conservative on the play call, indicative to how Will was playing. Mm-hmm. He wasn't as accurate. He wasn't his normal self. So right. I might not have put him in a position to even make some of those throws because I might have called different plays. So the second thing I have a question about is when K-State's down 14 in the second half, they score a touchdown and Climate decides to go for two points. Now the play call on the two-point conversion probably should have been successful. Uh, it was dropped by R.J. Garcia in the yeah. end zone. My question was... And we kind of disagreed on this because we were texting during the game. Right. I didn't understand going for two in that situation. I just think it puts, say you get the ball back, say, you know, they did miss it. So they were down eight. And to me, that puts more added pressure on Gate State on the next drive or the final drive, whatever it would end up to be, knowing that they have to score a touchdown and have to get that two-point conversion. And it's, it's a tough call either way, Joe. Yeah. And it's a valid argument on both sides. I support climbing in the decision because of this. If you they He was confident that they had the right play. See, when you, when you have two-point plays and you go forward in that position, Joe, you are really, really, really confident that you had the right play. So I knew that that play wasn't going to be a traditional play. Yeah, They had a play that they really liked, mm-hmm. that they thought that they could convert. The problem is it was one piece. It's a lot of things that have to happen on the execution of that play. Oh, yeah, because it was la- basically a trick play and a lot right. of people touched the ball. <laughs> Correct. And the last element of the play didn't execute and he dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's the right call because of this. If you convert, now you're only down six. A touchdown wins the game. Yep. The next time a touchdown wins the game, it's over with. If you get it, a touchdown wins it. You already got the two out the way. Yep. So that's and because he didn't want to get into overtime. Mm-hmm. So if you kick it, you're down by seven. Even if you get it back, now you force, do you go for two to get win or you go to two for the overtime? 
Yeah, I understand you know, that. And I don't think he wanted to go to OT. Yeah, that's obvious he didn't want to. Yeah. But I think, yeah. you know, I wasn't impressed with Oklahoma State. We already talked about it. I think they would have been fine in overtime had they gotten there. But who knows? Anyway, I just thought we'd uh, kind of discuss that one because we uh, we agree on a lot. So whenever we disagree, I like yeah, to have that, that discussion. That, so That was fun. And that's a that's a spur of the moment. I mean, not spur of the moment, but climate has those scenarios scripted of which way they're going to go. You know, they know him and Klein was the best position to go, and they had a play ready. Yeah, they did. The, the play just didn't work. So, what about your uh, big baller? Let's go ahead and do that. Well, I'm so disgusted, Joe, that I'm not giving any big ball of the game because right. the team plays so poorly. Okay. There was there were some contenders um, that you can kind of look with a little bit on the defensive side. I think Siegel, the safety, is playing very well now. I think he played well, yeah. He played very well. He would have been a, a guy that would, I would consider. Also, again, Austin Moore has just been a pillar, been yep. extremely consistent uh, at the linebacker. And Austin Romain had some tough situations. But given what he's been put into as a true freshman, he's playing very well as well. Mm-hmm. It would only been on the defensive side that I would have had a, a little bit of a consideration with. But the team collectively played so poorly that we won't give a big ball of the week for this week. All right. Fair enough, Reggie. So let's switch uh, to Texas Tech this Saturday. What's your initial thoughts about that game? I'm terrified right now. You oh, got yeah, another, you and me both. You got another blackout. Yeah. You're running into a Friday, I mean, a Saturday night game at Texas Tech. We beat Texas Tech seven consecutive years in a row. Uh, we beat Texas Tech. We own them like Texas owns us right now. Uh, we're not, we're coming off a game that we didn't play as well. We have to play our best football game to get out of Lubbock with a win this Saturday. I I mean, we have to play our best game of the year across the board. Uh, And hopefully that's enough. Now, the line is only one and a half, Texas Tech. I think that's just because of the home field advantage uh, and and our history of beating Texas Tech. Because that line probably would have been a little bigger the way we coming off of that loss. Mm-hmm. Now, if we would have beat Oklahoma State, I don't think – I think every single game moving forward, K-State would have been favored with the exception of Texas. Uh, but now that the, the dominoes change a little bit. I'm real. I'm scared. I'm skittish. But I think Climate has not lost two games in a row. Uh, I think that streak continues. And I think he just finds a way to get a three or two point win out of Lubbock. Last field goal. Something has got to happen magically for us in the special team. We need to get a turnover on defense or something to happen for us to escape to get out of there. I think so too. This game scares me. Texas, I had this game as a loss coming into the season. Texas Tech. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I had it as a potential loss. Mm-hmm. This in Texas. These were the only two road games that I was really, 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 really concerned about. 
Yeah, I mean, Texas lost a close one to West Virginia in Morgantown. They lost by a touchdown, but then they hammered Houston by three touchdowns, and they just hammered Baylor by 25 points. So they turned it around. They only only lost a tough game to Oregon down the stretch by a touchdown. And after K State, they have BYU. TCU, KU at Lawrence, UCF, and then the last game of their season is Texas. So they mm-hmm. could, if they beat K-State here, they could only have one loss going into that final game of the year against Texas. They could be right back where they thought they was going. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's be... that, That's how big this game is. Yeah. Well, we know this is the biggest game of K-State season. They They get bigger every week. Um, and you can look at the scenario with Kansas State. We cannot afford to lose another Big 12 game with Texas still on the schedule and mm-hmm. KU still on the schedule. Right. You know, two pivotal road games, excuse me, that we have on the schedule, Joe, that are big games. Yeah. Now, we can't discount Houston. We can't discount Baylor. We can't discount Iowa State. We can't discount anybody in the Big 12. But just looking at it holistically, you know, we got to win this game. Mm -hmm. I I think for the fan base and for everybody around, uh, everybody's nervous. And Um, they should be. (laughs) but, But the question is, if we lose this, then you come back against a kind of a TCU game who's not playing well, a team mm-hmm. that could go either way. You do come back home, but can this team, this young team, get back off the mat with two losses in a row mentally? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. We'll, we'll have to find out. But Yeah, we'll find out. But I, I'm still going to go with the Cats. So right. I'm telling you, I'm taking the Cats at a field goal. Uh, I'm saying 31-28. I think we somehow get out of there with a field goal. I, Will Howard can't have another game like he just had, so he's got to be better. Um, Texas Tech is going to try to run the ball down our throat with Todd Brooks. Uh, he's playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, but is. if you go back over the last couple of years, we've completely shut Todd Brooks down. We've shut him down. He's mm-hmm. only had about, uh, I think, 72 yards in the last three games that we saw him hmm. total. So he's not been an issue for us. Yeah. Our defense has only given up 93 yards rushing. If we can stay to that average, we should win the game. If we can stay to that average or below, we should win the game. Mm-hmm. If he goes over 100-plus, that's going to be a problem because now that's going to open up their passing game because now we're going to have to start putting more guys in the box to try to minimize and stop the run, which is going to open up a passing game that, that, that they're not great at, but they're going to be very well at because they're going to have less people to worry about because the running game is so good. So we have to take away the running game. If we can take away the running game, put them in predictable passing situation, 
I think we'll be okay. Now, you know they run it at warp speed. Yeah. They're averaging about 73-plus plays a game, so we got to be ready for that. Well, I've got Texas Tech winning by eight. I've got 28 to 20 as the score. I just, wow. Yeah. I, you uh, <laughs> threw in the towel with the Cats. I don't feel good about this one. <laughs> I saw too many red flags against Oklahoma State. Now, they could get it fixed and turned around, but – uh, I don't like the issues in the secondary at corner. The injuries will leave being out. And really, while I have concerns about the defense, my main concerns are with the offense, with the receivers, with the running game, and Will Howard. So, and it being a road game, I don't like that at all. And you already mentioned that they're having a blackout, and whew, their fans are going to be riled up on this one. So Yeah, and, and we beat them seven in a row. So. Yeah, you know he's gonna. Uh, you know that coach is gonna have his team ready. Yeah, to uh, McGuire to 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 beat Colin. I mean to beat uh, Climbing because we've owned them. You know, yeah. even going back into the Snyder era. But I'm leaning on that. I just think there's something about Texas Tech. We find a possession. We find a way to get out of there. All and right. if Climbing lose two in a row. Well, I I don't know. I don't I don't know the state of Kansas State. Well, we're 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 real fickle right now. Mm-hmm. The fan base is a little bit on edge. Yeah, we're, <laughs> they're not going to take a loss lightly. No. Now I think they'll understand a close loss. Yeah, and yeah. can get over it because we all know Texas Tech has a pretty good team. Right. But they can't take another performance like we just did against Oklahoma State. No, we got to show up and play well. That's for right. sure. All right, Reggie. Well, I got your rapid fire questions right. ready for you right. if you are right. ready. Let's rock and roll. All right. Will Howard has thrown an interception in every game this season. So will he throw an interception against Texas Tech? No, I think Will Howard will not be the gunslinger that he's been and put the team in bad situations. Now, I do like his aggressiveness, but I do think Colin and Kleiman is going to have very serious conversations with Will Howard and let him know that, look, be careful. Don't be a hero. You don't have to be a hero to win the game. Make the throws that are available, but don't try to make the throws and be a hero ball. I think he's trying to be hero ball on some situations, and that's him probably getting a little bit of the big head, feeling too good about himself. Just make the open throws. Let the game come to you. Don't force it, and then he'll be okay. I think he won't throw any interception. I think we're going to game plan and scheme a little bit better for him to be in better situations, and we're going to be cognizant of who he throw to and what plays he throw out of. Okay. So will we see any surprise players on the field against Texas Tech? I'm thinking maybe a locket at wide receiver. I'm thinking uh I'm thinking the same thing. I I I don't think there's anybody that's on the roster that's probably ready to go that we haven't seen, but we have to look at the receiver core would be somebody. Um Lockett still probably is too small. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to make a difference there. Um, there may be another receiver or two that we might get a peek at. 
I think that's the only thing. I don't think we're going to see anything great surprise. I don't think so. Okay. On defense, though, on defense, though, I think we might, uh, by the sense of us just going so deep into our cornerback depth, we're going to see a couple of new bodies there that we wouldn't normally see. Yeah. So this one we kind of already covered is Texas Tech, as of right now, is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought it'd be more than that, but you kind of explained why it's probably not as big of a spread as it normally would be. So the question is who covers, and I think you already answered that by saying you're picking the Cats in a close one. Yeah, so I'm thinking the Cats to cover. Uh, Obviously, I'll – try to put a little couple coins to, for the cats to come back and redeem myself from last week, which they didn't cover that number by not even close. No, but I do think Joe, that they cover in a very close game and going back to the line with Vegas, Vegas is saying Texas tech is hot, but Texas tech struggles against Kansas state. Right. For whatever reason, Texas tech, has a hard time beating Kansas State. So basically it's a pickle at yeah. one and a half. Right. Exactly. So will we see Avery Johnson on the field against Texas Tech? <laughs> that is a good one. Uh I think I think by we have to see Avery Johnson. Uh and I think the way that Colin Klein and Kleiman will explain it in the post-game conference, press conference will be that he was in our game plan. So I do think we're going to see him in a similar role as he was in the University of Missouri. I think he'll come in, he'll run some wildcat, but he will throw the ball too. I think you'll see him in the red zone in some situation where you think it's going to be the wildcat and he'll throw the ball. So be prepared to see him um, – Frequently, I say he gets about 10 to 12 snaps this game. All right. I'd like that. So as of right now, who is who are your picks to be playing each other in the Big 12 championship game? Well, obviously, uh, conventional wisdom says that it's an Oklahoma and Texas rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's logically. That's the logical pick. But I'm still bullish on the Cats. I think we can turn this season around. And the way our schedule lines up is we've got to get through this landmine of Texas Tech. we got to get back home for some home cooking, which we can get two wins in a row, TCU and Houston. That'll have us three consecutive Big 12 games in a row win to get us set up to go to Texas. Uh, and face um, University of Texas. Now, that's a gauntlet of a game to win, but I think we're due. We haven't beat Texas in at least six, seven years. Mm -hmm. I predicted us to still lose that game, but uh, and it probably still would be the case, but it will be how we lose that game. I still think two conference losses – depending on what happens with everybody else, may get you back in there unless Oklahoma stay as hot as they are. I don't think Oklahoma can continue to go to run the table, 
but I still think Texas is probably the best team. But the short answer is Oklahoma and Texas is setting up for a rematch because when you look at Oklahoma's schedule, they it's it's pretty simplistic. They miss a lot of teams. Yeah, I agree with you there. That I I did the same thing. I looked when they after they beat Texas, I looked at the rest of their schedule and I thought, hmm, yeah, they could kind of run the table here and be yeah, because and they can afford a loss. Yeah. Yep. They can afford one loss. You know, you figure, uh, depending on what happened this Saturday with Texas and Texas Tech, you figure there's nobody else. I don't think there's only two teams left that can beat Texas in the regular season that's left on Texas' schedule. That's Kansas State and that's Texas Tech at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I don't think nobody else in the conference can do it. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Let's go get that win this weekend, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about the cats going on a winning streak. Yeah, we got to. So, boy, I'm a little surprised at you, Joe. Eight point loss, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong, man. Boy, I hope, I hope you're, you're right. wrong. I hope you're wrong. Well, it's Saturday night. We'll know in a couple of days, but. Uh, my birthday's tomorrow, so hopefully. Well, happy uh, birthday. We'll, right. Hopefully we'll get some good luck. All right. All you right, but <laughs> All right, Reggie. Thanks, man. Thank you, buddy. Have a good weekend. All right. Go you too, man. Yep. Talk to you. See you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.